Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Tanya Furr, and I am the MLA for Calgary Pagan, and I'm delighted to be your host tonight for this virtual town hall meeting. Tonight, we're joined by Minister of Affordability and Utilities, Matt Jones, Minister of Children's Services, Mickey Amory, Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jeremy Nixon, and Minister of Advanced Education, Dimitri Nicolaides. So before we hear from our speakers, uh, let me just start off by explaining how a telephone town hall works. Right now, Northern Albertans are answering their phones and connecting to this discussion, and we will hear from our minister shortly. After that, it will be your turn. You'll have the chance to ask questions and raise issues that you think are critical about the Affordability Action Plan. You can get in line to ask a question at any time by pressing star three on your phone keypad. Again, that's star three on your phone keypad. And then you'll be put through to an operator who will take down your question and put you in line. So a couple things to keep in mind when you do want to ask a question. Again, uh, when you press star three to ask your question, you'll be routed to an operator who will ask you to provide your name and, and where you're calling from and who, which minister you're directing your question to. Uh, please try to keep your question as brief as possible. There are a lot of people on the line, and we certainly want to try to get to as many as your great questions as we can. And if you don't feel comfortable asking your question live, that's okay. You can let the operator know that you'd like to have your question read out, and, and I'll read it aloud for the applicable minister. So once again, uh, we know we've got uh, hundreds of people joining the line every moment, every minute or two here, so I'd like to just uh, again introduce myself. I'm Tanya Fur, the MLA for Calgary Pagan, and I'm excited to be your moderator for this uh, virtual telephone town hall meeting tonight. And once again, we're with Minister of Affordability and Utilities, Matt Jones, Minister of Children's Services, Mickey Amory, Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jeremy Nixon, and Minister of Advanced Education, Dimitrios Nikolaides. So my role is to keep this conversation moving smoothly and again, to make sure we get to hear as many of your opinions and great questions as possible. So before we get going uh, to start asking questions, I'd like to invite our speakers to say a few words. Uh, again, a reminder to get into the queue to ask a question, please press star three on your telephone keypad. So first, I'll pass it over to Minister Jones. Thank you, MLA Fur. Good evening, everyone. My name is Matt Jones, and I'm the Minister of Affordability and Utilities. We are thrilled to have a chance to answer your questions about what we're doing to make life more, more affordable for Albertans. It's been a busy few months for this government and for the entire province. I know that you have many questions, and we want to also hear your ideas. First, we know that record inflation and the associated increases to cost of living are putting pressure on everyone. Affordability is consistently the primary issue identified by Albertans, and we want to help. That's why the Affordability Action Plan has been a top priority for our government, to help Albertans, particularly our families, seniors, and most vulnerable, pay their bills and save money for what really matters. Over the past few months, we have been rolling out a growing list of broad-based and targeted supports to help make life a little bit easier. Ongoing and inflation relief to date includes our $500 in electricity rebates, in fact, most Alberta households are receiving a $75 rebate on this month's electricity bill, the same amount they received on January's bill last month. Hundreds of dollars in potential fuel tax savings through our suspension of the provincial fuel tax. In fact, Albertans continue to save 13.6 cents per litre each time they fill up on gas and diesel. Uh, we've also uh, recently announced several new affordability measures for post-secondary students, which Minister Nicolaides will expand on. We've made increases to core support programs, which Minister Jeremy Nixon 
we'll touch on. And we've increased the child and family benefit and expanded affordable childcare, which Minister Amory will highlight. And we've also prevented further increases in auto insurance until January of next year and retroactively provided income tax relief so that you will owe less tax come tax time or receive a larger refund. Taken together, these broad measures are saving the average Albertan household up to an estimated $900 or more. But there's more. In recognition of the particular hardship inflation has placed on families with dependent children, seniors on lower and often fixed incomes, and on vulnerable Albertans on core support programs, we are providing up to $600 in affordability payments to these groups over six months. I'm proud to report that more than 1 million Albertans have already received or are enrolled to receive these affordability payments. We have taken real action and we're happy to answer your questions about any of these initiatives. And we know that our job isn't done yet. Going forward, we will continue working to help those who are struggling with cost of living pressures and work to keep Alberta affordable. I'll now turn it over to Minister Nixon to say a few words. Thank you, Minister Jones, and uh, thank you everyone for joining us here today. Uh, I am the Minister of uh, Seniors, Community and Social Services, and uh, over the last uh, few months, actually a number of months, I've been out hitting doors in, in my own constituency of Calgary Klein and, and uh, traveling the province and have been hearing over and over again from a number of people about challenges around affordability in our community. Uh, so that's why I'm so excited to be able to be here today to talk about uh, some of the things that the government's been doing uh, to help address those challenges that many Albertans are facing. Uh, probably one of the most um, challenges, uh, biggest challenges I've heard is for people who are on fixed incomes, our seniors, people who rely on income support and people with disabilities in our community. So proud to say that our government has taken action to help address affordability challenges for, for these individuals by increasing our age supports, income support supports, income supports, as well as our senior benefits uh, by 6%. Uh, for AISH recipients, that's an increase of $100 a month. Uh, that's in addition to the $100 affordability payments that people will be receiving. Uh, we also know that a lot of people have been struggling uh, just trying to make decisions between paying utilities and putting food on the table and, and other difficult decisions that we know many families have to make. So we wanted to make sure that we addressed the immediate challenges of food security. And for the first time, the provincial government is funding food banks with $10 million this year and $10 million next year to support our food banks, and not just our food banks, but also our community-based organizations, cultural, faith, and otherwise, to make sure that they have the resources to meet the need that we know is in our community and make sure that nobody's going hungry in our community. The other thing that we're working on and knowing that there's challenges around housing, so expanding our rent supplement program, as well as increasing the money available to expand affordable housing across the province. Uh, before Christmas, we announced $55 million in uh, new money to help build more affordable housing, more accessible housing, senior housing, and otherwise, to make sure that people have a place that they can call home. Uh, lastly, um, we know that uh, getting around uh, can be a costly thing, and uh, buying a, a bus pass can be a challenge for many people. So we are and have announced expanding the uh, low-income transit pass program for another year just to make sure that people who are low-income can be able to access a bus pass at a reasonable rate so they can access their medical appointments, work, and other things. Um, oh, and also, um, we did announce uh, before Christmas a 10% increase to social sector employees that work with um, the homeless as well as with the disability sector to make sure that the people who are caring for our most vulnerable in our community are also um, able to pay, pay to put food on their tables. So just a few of the things that we're doing and uh, looking forward to our conversation tonight. Thank you so much. And now I'd like to pass it over to Minister Amory, Children's Services. 
Hello, everyone, and thank you for taking the time to dial in today. Once again, my name is Mickey Amory, and I am honored to be here today as the Minister of Children's Services for the province of Alberta. I'm happy to join Minister Jones, Nixon, and Nicolaides for this opportunity to hear your questions and feedback on our affordability initiatives. I'm also delighted to talk about our affordability action plan and the direct supports that we have started to roll out to those who need relief right now. This inflation crisis has meant hard times for our families. We want to see kids learning, playing, and focusing on kids' stuff, not losing sleep over their parents' struggles with bills. I'm happy to see, as Minister Jones mentioned earlier, that our, the first month of our affordability payment rollout has been tremendously successful, and supports have already began flowing to benefit nearly 510,000 children. We're also making high-quality childcare affordable for families across our province. Through our unique Made in Alberta childcare plan, we are providing an additional 65,000 flexible childcare options, while also lowering fees for parents all across the province. I am absolutely committed to ensuring that we have a strong and sustainable childcare system in this province when and where parents need it. I believe one of the best ways to support kids is to take some pressure off of their parents. And that's exactly what we plan to do with our affordability initiatives. I'm looking forward to hearing from all of you. I want kids to be kids. Please give us your questions and feedback so that we can take them and continue on with some of the work that we're doing. Thank you very much. I'll pass it on now to Minister Nicolaides for a few comments. Sure, thank you very much. And uh, good evening, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to our uh, town hall this evening. Um, it's been uh, my pleasure to serve as Alberta's Minister of Advanced Education for the past um, three and a half years and, and happy to chat a little bit this evening about some of the steps that the government of Alberta has taken very recently to uh, help our post-secondary students deal with, uh, deal with rising costs. There's, there's no question that high inflation has made life more expensive for all Albertans and, and that includes our post-secondary students. Uh, just very recently, we uh, made some significant announcements, including a uh, 2% cap on tuition beginning in 24-25. One of the things that student leaders has, have asked me about and asked for for the past three and a half years has been more stability and predictability when it comes to tuition. And this 2% cap will assist them in, uh, in, 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 uh, assist in providing them that. We are also reducing interest rates on student loans. Um, of course, it seems like uh, a month or a, a week doesn't go by without the Bank of Canada increasing interest rates. And uh, many post-secondary students who are student loan borrowers also have to deal with those in, uh, the increasing costs of lending. And so we will be lowering the interest rate on student loans to, to help our post-secondary students we're also going to be doubling the student loan interest-free grace period. Currently, students have six months after graduation before they have to begin making repayments, and we're going to extend that to 12 months to give them a little bit more time to find employment and not have to worry about repaying their student loans right away. We're also increasing the threshold for the repayment assistance plan from 25000 to 40000 That will help more students, if they need the assistance, to be able to smooth out their student loan payments 
uh, and uh, and make things a little bit easier for them on that front. And furthermore, we are also increasing the Alberta Student Grant by $225 a month. The Alberta Student Grant is a non-repayable grant that is provided to low-income students, and currently about 10,000 students uh, benefit from this financial assistance, and we will be increasing that to help them offset some of the increased costs that they're experiencing. Uh, I look forward to answering uh, any questions that you may have over the course of the evening, and I'll, I'm happy to pass things back over to um, uh, MLA Fur to get us going. Thanks so much, ministers. Thank you. Uh, for those of you that are just joining us in the last few minutes here, uh, just uh, introductions again quickly. My name is Tanya Fur. I'm the MLA for Calgary Pagan, and uh, I get to host tonight's telephone town hall meeting. And joining me tonight are the Minister of Affordability and Utilities, Matt Jones, Minister of Children's Services, Mickey Amory, Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jeremy Nixon, and Minister of Advanced Education, Dimitros Nikolaides. So tonight uh, we are talking about the Affordability Action Plan and as mentioned previously, if you have a question for any of our ministers, please press star three on your telephone keypad now to enter the queue to ask your question. Again, that's star three on your telephone keypad. So let's get going with our first call of the night, our first question. Um, it's from Marie and she's asked us to read her question. It's a question for Minister Jones. When will Albertans be able to amend an incorrect application? I applied for the affordability program and I'm missing out on the affordability payments. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, we've successfully enrolled over a million Albertans in the affordability payment program in a very small percentage of cases, around, around 1%, uh, incorrect banking information was entered by applicants uh, which obviously meant that we were unable to make uh, January's payment. I'm happy to report that we have a solution uh, for this, which is being rolled out this month to enable applicants who entered incorrect information to edit um, their banking information, which will enable us to uh, pay them uh, in, pay them February's amount, including any amount missed uh, uh, retroactively uh, for their January payment. So uh, we have a solution, and we're hoping to roll that out uh, by the end of February. And of course, um, the program is designed to, to ensure that uh, no matter when you apply, whether it's uh, in January or April, you'll receive all of the payments that you would be eligible for uh, by the end of the program, uh, at the end of June. Uh, so thank you for the question. Thanks, Minister. Uh, so the next question we have is from Kayla from Bonneville, and she's got a question for Minister Nixon um, that she'd like us to read it. Minister Nixon, you visited several FCSS programs across the province. Funding has not increased since 2014. Can we expect you to be an advocate for a well-needed FCSS increase? Um, sorry, what was the name? Kayla. Kayla, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yes, I did uh, just have an opportunity to visit a number of northern communities uh, and meet with the local FCSSs. Uh, I am a, a big uh, supporter of FCSS and understand the important role that they play uh, as a, as a frontline uh, in regards to meeting needs within the community. I'm also um, a big supporter of prevention work and know that the investment in prevention uh, saves the overall system. Not only is it better for people, but saves the overall system money over the long run. So I will continue to be an advocate for FCSS, uh, understanding the cost pressures that many of these organizations are facing in the community 
And uh, so uh, please stay tuned uh, and know that I am an advocate. I uh, wanted to also mention that we have brought forward our new accountability framework as well, just to help us to be able to monitor the outcomes from FCSS and be able to tell the story better about the success and the important role that these organizations play in our communities. So again, stay tuned, and uh, if you're involved with the local FCSS, thank you for, for all your hard work. Thanks, Minister. Uh, so next we've got uh, a live call from uh, Douglas from Camrose with a question for Minister Jones. Hi, Douglas. Go ahead with your question. Okay, so you dropped the 13.8% uh, tax, um, provincial tax on fuel, and yet we have not seen anything close to a 13.8% drop in fuel prices. And please don't tell me it's because the Western Select oil price has gone up or gone down because that should be reflected on a 13.8% tax reduction, so that shouldn't change. We're still paying the same amount of fuel tax or the fuel price at the pumps as when you introduce this tax drop. Why haven't we seen a real drop in fuel prices at the pumps? It's ridiculous and we're really getting tired of it because we're on fixed incomes. Uh, Douglas, thank you for your question. And uh, Douglas is re referring to our fuel tax relief program, which from January until June of this year suspends the 13 cent per liter fuel tax. Uh, including GST, that's 13.6 cents per liter of savings on all your gas and diesel purchases. Um, we've also made this program permanent. So after June, uh, this will provide permanent cost savings to Albertans whenever oil prices are high, because our government believes that Albertans should benefit from an owned resource. Now, to, to specifically answer your question, um, Albertans are seeing uh, the fuel tax savings. In fact, Alberta has by far the lowest fuel prices in Canada. Uh, for example, it's 20 cents lower on average than Ontario and Saskatchewan. And, uh, and uh, I can give you an example. Uh, when I checked it last, on February 16th, uh, this, the fuel price in Cranbrook, BC was 179.9 cents per litre. In Lethbridge, it was 129.8 cents per litre. Uh, so uh, almost a 50 cent differential between our, us and our neighbour to the west. Uh, so we are monitoring this. Our Service Alberta uh, division does monitor this and, and also Treasury Board and Finance to ensure that savings are being passed on to ratepayers. And again, with, with by far the lowest fuel prices in the country, we believe it's working. And we've also had third parties, uh, including leading economists, look into this, and they've also concluded that the fuel tax uh, savings are indeed being passed on. Uh, one of the challenges that we can't uh, avoid right now is that there is still a federal carbon tax on your fuel purchases, and we would sure like the federal government to consider removing that at a time when Albertans and Canadians are struggling with affordability. But um, uh, appreciate your question. Thank you for your feedback. Thanks, Minister. You chose uh, my hometown as an example. I was born in Cranbrook, and my cousins complained to me all the time about the cost of living and gas over there. So I just tell them to come to Alberta. Um, a reminder, everyone, again, to press uh, star 3 on your telephone keypad if you'd like to get into the queue to ask, uh, speak with an operator and ask one of our ministers uh, a question. Again, that's star 3 on your telephone keypad. All right, so we've got another question for Minister Jones, and it's from Karen, and she's asked me to read out her question. Why are the programs for affordability the same for all earners? Why do those who make more receive the same, 50000 versus 100000 
Uh, th thank you for the question, Karen. And um, th there's two large recipients of the affordability payments programs. Those are seniors on lower and often fixed incomes and vulnerable Albertans. And, and we certainly didn't want to get into um, uh, trying to scale the benefit based on, on their income levels. It's also very challenging with families because, of course, families have different uh, circumstances and different numbers of dependents. So how do you... Uh, how do you pay a, uh, set an affordability payment for a family with, say, six children uh, versus one with one? So we wanted to make a program that was easy to use and would offset the significant inflationary pressures that families with children, seniors, and vulnerable Albertans were facing. And that's what, that, what I believe we've done. And, uh, but we're, uh, as we continue to roll out affordability supports, we'll keep that in mind. Um, we have heard feedback that, uh, that some of these measures may benefit from some income testing or scaling, uh, and we'll be sure to look at that on a go-forward basis. Thanks, Minister. All right, next we've got a live caller. We've got uh, Gordon from Fort Saskatchewan with a question uh, for Minister Jones. Hi, Gordon. Go ahead with your question. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm just curious as to why $180,000 was used as a ceiling to qualify for the affordability, because to me, if you make $100,000 or over, you should not need $600 of my tax money. Uh, why wasn't it made the same as uh, when the OAS clawback starts at uh, 87000 I think? Uh, thank you for the question, Gordon. So when we were designing this program, we wanted to ensure that the benefit went to all low- and middle-income Alberta families. Uh, other provinces, like Saskatchewan, uh, paid their affordability payments to to all of their citizens, including their highest earners. To give you some perspective, at 180,000 household income, we're, we're targeting 80% of families, all low and middle income Albertan families. We actually excluded the top 20% of earners on this program. Uh, and then the, uh, the threshold was, was set to, to be the, uh, the same as our uh, childcare threshold as well. So our affordable childcare is a subsidies available to household incomes under 180,000. So again, wanted to ensure that all low and middle income families receive the benefit. That's what this program does. And uh, uh, thank you for the question. Thanks, Minister. All right, next uh, we've got a question from Don in Edmonton who's asked us to read his question. Uh, question from Minister Jones. Who is going to help us seniors with our heating and electrical costs are skyrocketing? Yeah, Don, thank you uh, for the question. We, we hear about utility bills every day, uh, especially in our constituency offices. And we've done a number of things uh, to help with uh, high utility costs, especially over this winter. So the first big piece is our electricity rebate program, uh, which since July of last year is providing monthly electricity rebates directly off your bill. An average of $50 per month has been rebated to you. Uh, January and February, uh, February's rebates are $75 in recognition of, of the time of year, the cold winter. Um, but essentially, we're providing up to $500 in electricity rebates from July 2022 to April 2023 to almost 2 million homes, small businesses, and farms in recognition of the significant pressures that you're describing. We also have uh, created a permanent natural gas price protection program. So in Alberta, again, we believe Albertans should benefit from an owned resource. So if the natural gas price in Alberta exceeds $6.50 a gigajoule, you will automatically receive a dollar-for-dollar dollar, uh, credit or rebate 
uh, of the price above 650 a gigajoule off your bill, on the natural gas portion of your bill. We also uh, provided uh, price protection on customers who uh, get their electricity on the regulated rate option. Uh, so those rates were going to be extraordinarily high in January, February, and March. So what we did is we provided no-interest loans to RRO providers so that they could defer those extremely high months uh, and spread it out at no interest um, uh, so that uh, seniors and people on fixed incomes could more easily handle uh, their bills. Uh, so three things, electricity rebates, natural gas price protection, and then the RRO um, stability program. We've, we've put three measures in place to help with utility bills this winter. We're also evaluating our electricity system to see how we can make it more affordable over the long term. We're reviewing uh, generation, transmission, distri distribution, and things like local access fees, which we've heard have been climbing in, in Calgary, for example. So we're going to review the whole system to see if we can find ways to make it uh, more affordable in the long term while we have these, uh, uh, these cost uh, savings in place for Albertans. Great. Thanks, Minister. Okay, next we have another live caller. We have Alana from Parkland County with a question for Minister Nicolaitis. Hi, Alana, go ahead. Thank you very much. Um, since, since the fall of 2019, which was when my daughter started university, her tuition has gone up by almost 30%. Uh, I think reintroducing the NDP's tuition freeze is a great first step, but will you be um, returning some of the $700 million in funding cut from the universities to maybe support them in rolling back so that we no longer have the highest tuition in the country? Oh, hi, Alana. It's uh, Dimitri Nikolaides here. Thanks so much uh, for, for your question. Um, it, just uh, just on your last point, just a quick point of clarity. Um, we do not have the highest tuition in the country, um, not not even close. Um, we uh, last I've checked, and and the information is all, all readily available. Um, Statistics Canada uh, has has a lot of the the tuition information by individual programs and a comparison across provinces. Um, if you have interest, but they, they also provide the undergraduate levels. So um, when it comes to undergraduate levels, we are about, um, I think, just a few points, four or five points above the national average. Um, I believe the national average right now, average undergraduate tuition rate is about $6,800, and we're at about $7,200. So we are uh, we're fairly on par with the national average. Uh, some of the more expensive jurisdictions include Ontario and Saskatchewan, where they, uh, they pay up to eight to $9,000 on average. Uh, so, so we're pretty middle of the road uh, when it comes to tuition rates um, in Alberta. The, uh, the 2% cap on tuition that we've introduced uh, and that, that, that I've announced that will be introduced in the 24-25 academic year will help ensure that we stay along the same flight path with the national average, and, and we don't deviate too far from that. I think it's important that we, we remain competitive um, with, uh, with other provinces and other jurisdictions. Uh, with respect, you also mentioned uh, funding to post-secondary institutions. In, in 2019, uh, uh, of course, as a province, we had to make some difficult decisions as it relates to um, our finances. We, we were looking at uh, billions of dollars of, of deficits. And we had to make some difficult decisions about spending. We saw with respect to our post-secondary institutions that they were funded at much higher levels than other provinces. So uh, we've made some corrections there. But, but over the last few years, we've been 
reinvesting dollars in, in budget 2022, we provided $235 million over three years to create 10,000 additional spaces in our post-secondary institutions. And we'll have uh, more to say about targeted investments in post-secondary education in the upcoming uh, budget as well. Uh, but uh, so, so thank you very much, Alana, for your, for your question. Hope I was able to address it. Thanks, Minister. Uh, so next we have a question from Vic with a question for Minister Amory. Um, it says, can Minister Amory explain what the cap on profits for private childcare? Thank you uh, very much, uh, Emily Fur, and thank you, uh, Vic, for the question. First and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about uh, daycare in this province. We wanted to make sure that any daycare system in this province respected the makeup of our mixed market system here and included a program that allowed for both private and not-for-profit daycare operators to thrive. At the same time, we are very well aware that Alberta parents should have as much choice as possible when it comes to, to choosing childcare options that meet their families' needs. In respect to the question of profits, I want to address that very quickly by saying that we're absolutely committed to supporting all of our operators in this province and making sure that daycare in this province is sustainable and is here for parents when and where they need it. But we also wanted to ensure that we are accounting for public funds and being responsible about how these public funds are used to assist operators in providing that child care. So by including private operators in this agreement, we're supporting new business development, but at the same time, we're helping to increase access to and a choice of high quality and affordable child care for Albertans in this province. Now we know that operators are having a challenging time with inflation and cost of living increases. And that's exactly why our ministry has provided a have provided funding equal to 3% increase in fees this year. And we decided to do that as a government so that we would offset those expenses for parents while keeping parent fees exactly the same. I continue to monitor operator concerns. I continue to monitor the challenges that operators are facing. And we will continue to look at funding models that ensure the sustainability and long-term success of those operators. But at the same time, once again, I want to make it absolutely clear to all parents that we want to make sure that those public funds are used responsibly. And uh, that's the way that we're going to operate uh, in this province. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Um, and for those of you that have just joined us, we know we've got people joining us throughout the call. Just a reminder, my name is uh, Tanya Fur. I'm the MLA for Calgary Pagan, and we're here tonight on this virtual telephone town hall uh, with uh, ministers taking your questions on affordability. And uh, again, with us tonight is Minister of Affordability and Utilities, Matt Jones, Minister of Children's Services, Mickey Amory, Minister of Seniors, Community and Social Services, Jeremy Nixon, and Minister of Advanced Education, Dimitros Nikolaides. Again, if you'd like to get into the queue to ask a question, please press star three on your keypad. Again, press star three on your keypad to ask a question. All right, on to another live question. We've got Adrian from Northeast Edmonton with a question for Minister Jones. Hi, Adrian, go ahead with your question. Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Jones. I'm concerned about the uh, the affordability action plan, where the utility rebate is not for condo owners. What is your plan to rectify this issue? 
Adrian, thank you for the question. Uh, first, uh, um, this is a legitimate concern. There are condo complexes in Alberta that are, are behind what's called a sub-meter or single meter. So just to, just to back up, under the existing rebate program, all residents in Alberta that have a utility meter and receive a monthly electricity bill from a direct provider receive automatic rebates. Uh, this is done by leveraging our existing billing data system, which minimizes administration costs. In situations where sub-metering occurs, uh, distribution companies only have the information necessary to bill and thus rebate the single bulk meter and do not know or cannot see the single units and Albertans behind that sig single or sub-meter. Um, now, not all condos are structured in this way, in fact, so there are condo owners who are receiving the electricity rebates. Now, uh, this concern was raised uh, early on, and I directed my department to come up with a solution to ensure that, uh, so, so that we could try to ensure that uh, uh, Albertans in sub-metered or single-metered uh, complexes could also receive the electricity rebates. And uh, we are looking at a, a couple of options. It'll likely be uh, an application-based process instead of being automatic. Um, but we are, we are, uh, it is our intent to try to extend the electricity rebate to those uh, behind sub-meters and single-meters because we know that they're also str struggling with uh, electricity prices and we'd like to help. So I'm hoping to have more to say on, uh, uh, on electricity rebates for condo owners behind sub-meters and single-meters in the coming weeks. Thank you very much. Thanks, Minister. Uh, all right, another question. Um, I've been asked to read it. It's from Marlene in the West End. Uh, Minister Jones, how can we select best providers for fair rates for utility services? Marlene, thanks for the question. Uh, what I'd recommend is that, is that you uh, utilize the utilities consumer advocate, uh, and they can be found at ucahelps.alberta.ca. That, again, is ucahelps.alberta.ca, or you can call them at 310-4822. That number, again, is 310-4822. And essentially, they have a mandate uh, to educate and mediate for Alberta small business, farms, and residential electricity customers. And so they, they can show you um, what plans and options are available for you. Uh, so I'd recommend you hop on that website. They've got great resources there that can help you find the best provider for you. Uh, again, that's ucahelps.alberta.ca. Thanks, Minister. Uh, okay, next we've got a live caller. Grant is joining us from Red Deer with a question for Minister Jones. Hi, Grant. Go ahead with your question. Okay, thank you. My question is with respect to the affordability payments. When I applied at uh, AMA about a week ago, I asked the lady there, is this $600 per person or per household? She didn't appear to be uh, clear on that. Second part of my question is, I was concerned about my ex-wife getting a payment, so I asked my daughter if she had taken care of that. She said that my ex-wife is automatically enrolled in all government plans the AMA folder which I was given says applications are required. Could you please uh, clarify these two questions for me? Hey, Grant, thank you for the question. So when it comes to the affordability payments, which, which again went to families with dependent children under 18, seniors, and vulnerable Albertans, there were several groups that automatically received the payments. No application was necessary. And this, this was all Albertans who are on our core support programs, including Assured Income for the Severely Handicapped, AISH, uh, the Alberta Child and Family Benefit, Alberta Seniors Benefit, or uh, Income Support, or we're utilizing or receiving services through the PDD program. 
Um, the, the $600 is per child under 18 and per senior 65 and over and per uh, Alberta on a core support program. Um, you can, one family member can apply for the whole household. They just have to have the, uh, the date of birth name in the case of children or uh, date of birth name and SIN number uh, in the case of a spouse or another adult. Uh, so what I would recommend is that um, everybody who, who you are aware of who is eligible for this program should apply. The system will ensure that uh, only uh, the correct number of payments are made so that people aren't going to receive uh, double payments. So in, this, in the case of you and your, your ex-wife, I'd recommend that, uh, that you certainly apply. And, and if she's not automatically enrolled on one of the programs that I referenced earlier, then she should also apply. And um, the system automatically will, will uh, verify eligibility against the 2021 CRA tax data and the, the uh, personal information that Alberta has uh, to ensure that everybody who's eligible receives the payment once they apply. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Minister. Uh, next, we have a, an online question that uh, Gerald would like me to read. His question for Minister Jones is, will there be any money for those not meeting the criteria? Yeah, Gerald, uh, th thank you for the question. And the answer is there is. Uh, so the affordability payments were, were an additional targeted relief measure meant for families who were, who were facing extreme pressure under inflation and rising cost of living because, of course, they have a large number of dependents, and for seniors on lower and often fixed incomes and vulnerable Albertans who are very low income and do not uh, have the full capacity in, in all cases to, to work. Um, so, but before that, we rolled out a very comprehensive, broad-based support uh, framework, and that included up to $500 per household in electricity rebates, the ongoing suspension of the fuel tax, which saves uh, Albertans 13.6 cents per liter on every liter of gas and diesel, and natural gas price protection. We also uh, retroactively in indexed income tax, and we've, uh, we've applied uh, uh, affordability measures to, to post-secondary and prevented further increases in auto insurance. And when you take those together, the average Alberta household that is not receiving the targeted relief payments is, is set to receive an estimated up to $900 in benefit. So again, even without the targeted affordability payments, the average Alberta household uh, stands to benefit to up to $900 from the broad-based programming uh, affordability supports that I just referenced. So um, uh, there is uh, money for those not meeting the affordability payment criteria. And uh, if you want to learn more about that, I'd encourage you to go to alberta.ca slash affordable. Thank you very much. Thanks, Minister. Uh, okay, next we've got a question from Gordon in Camrose, who's asked us to read his question uh, from Minister Jones. What is the province doing regarding scammers who are fooling seniors by sending out texts to verify eligibility? What is being done to eliminate this, and how can we know what services to trust? Yeah, great question. And, uh, and unfortunately, this always happens when there's uh, government support prog programs in place. There, there's uh, people out there who try to take advantage of our, our most vulnerable. Uh, the, the thing to know, and, and what we've certainly been communicating and advertising, is to access the affordability supports, you can do it one of three ways. You can, you can go to online to alberta.ca slash affordable, or you can visit any registry agent or registry in the province, or you can go to it, what's called an Alberta Supports Office. And, and there's over 50 of those offices across Alberta that offer services in over 100 languages. So uh, the first thing I would recommend is that, uh, uh, of course, you go through one of those three channels. And we are um, 
continuing to communicate and advertise that there are scams out there. We are continuing to communicate and advertise the, the, the correct application paths. Uh, and we're working with uh, the authorities to, to try to crack down on these scams. So thank you for raising that real issue. And uh, if there's anybody vulnerable in your life uh, who, who may be susceptible to these scams, I'd encourage you to reach out and, and also help onboard them on the affordability program if they're eligible. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Okay, next we've got a question for Minister Nixon. It's uh, a live caller, Ted from Edmonton. Hi, Ted. Go ahead with your question for Minister Nixon. Yes, uh, the question is um, how a family member uh, has disability and is also family support. We have a very difficult time to hire personnel to support the disabled person in the household. So we've been asking, allowing the family member, either in the longer temporary situations, to support the disabled person. And I'm asking ministers to see if any program are being looked at and uh, implementing in such cases. Thank you. Yeah, excellent, Ted. Thank you so much for the question. And uh, you know, I think we we have to appreciate uh, families who choose to and and uh, care for their loved ones with disabilities, understanding the significant pressure that that, that can put on families. So, I uh, also understand the big challenge that the sector has faced uh, over the last little while, as they hadn't seen a pay bump in almost a decade. So, recently we announced a 10% increase for the PDD sector. That included uh, family managed supports. Uh, and we're uh, expecting that's going to help in regards to hiring and, and maintaining qualified workers to be able to help care for, for people with disabilities in our community. Uh, of course, we want to also be there and care for families um, in different ways as well and providing respite and other supports. So, uh, but with that 10% bump, that includes family-managed supports and, as well as a 10% bump for all PDD sector service providers. So I do hope that that's going to help make a difference. Thanks, Mr. Nixon. Um, next, I'm going to read out a question aloud from Craig from Norglinwood. Uh, this, uh, this is from Minister Nicolaides. The student cap at 2%. Is this for all Burtons only, or does that include foreign students? Uh, hi, Craig. Uh, thanks so much for the question. Um, uh, the short answer is the, um, the cap only applies for domestic students. Um, the the post secondary uh, just actually just a little bit of a quick context uh, the the cap is um, is and will be enshrined in legislation uh, to ensure that it's protected and to ensure that uh, it it becomes permanent um, and that will be uh, amended in the next uh, few weeks in the legislature. Uh, to make that permanent, and it'll be uh, at a flat 2%. It applies only to domestic students. There are other provisions that they're not included in legislation. They exist in other regulation as it relates to international students. As an example, there are regulations that stipulate that um, a uh, international student must receive the full costing picture of their program. So if they're coming here looking to take a three-year program or a four-year bachelor degree, uh, they, uh, the regulations stipulate that they must receive a full costing of that program, of the entirety of the program. 
So they, they are factored in to be able to have that, that clear window about what they're getting into and what their costs will be. Um, but uh, just as a quick side note, though, a little bit off topic, but it, um, Alberta is really looking to up our game when it comes to the recruitment of international students. A lot of international students are choosing Canada. Uh, but uh, many are not choosing Alberta, so we are looking at measures to help increase Alberta's presence on the international stage uh, and to help encourage and welcome some of the best and brightest to come here, stay here, and, and uh, contribute their remarkable skills to, to our economy. Thanks for your question. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next, we've got a live caller. We've got Bobby from Edmonton. Hi, Bobby. Go ahead with your question. Hi. Hi. Um I don't know who who this is be aimed toward, but in regards to like the renters benefit, um, a lot of us ACE recipients weren't eligible for it. I'm just wondering if that's going to change because I I exceeded the the limit by like 200 bucks, so it was kind of I find unfair that we weren't able to get it. So I'm just wondering if that's going to change. So I I, think, I sorry. Bobby, I agree with you 100%. This is Minister Nixon here. Uh, the program was a federal program uh, that did unfortunately leave all Albertans with disabilities out uh, of the eligibility by $220. So at the time, the uh, threshold was $20,000. That was set up by the federal government for the $500 rebate. And uh, as you well know, Albertans with uh, uh, disabilities received $20,220. So that's now $21,440. Uh, but that's what's happened there. Um, immediately, I sent a letter to the Minister of Disabilities, uh, Minister Qualtro, uh, requesting, and then the Minister of Housing as well, uh, requesting that they reconsider that policy. Uh, since then, I've met with both of them, uh, again, asking them that they not leave Albertans with disabilities out. It's interesting, uh, Minister Qualtro, the Minister of Disabilities, uh, did um, talk about how AISH is, is the, the best program in the country, and uh, she wants that to be the threshold for, for Canada and uh, for the rest of the provinces to catch up. And so I pointed to, to that statement and said, well, let's make sure then that we don't leave Albertans with disability out. So uh, I would also encourage you to reach out to your member of parliament to help them and uh, encourage them to be advocating for you. But please know I'll continue to put pressure on the federal government to make sure that Albertans with disabilities are not left out of this benefit and future benefits. Uh, thank you, Minister Nixon. And Minister Jones here just wanted to supplement that. Uh, when we were rolling out our affordability uh, payments for people on AISH, uh, we ensured that those were tax-free, and, and they, all the affordability payments are tax-free, and they do not affect uh, your eligibility for other uh, provincial programs. In other words, they don't increase your income so that you may not qualify. So just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, Emily, for... Thanks, Ministers. Uh, a reminder, once again, uh, for the folks on the line or those that have just joined us, if you'd like to get into the queue to speak to an operator to ask a question, please press star 3 on your telephone keypad. Again, that's star 3. All right, so next we've got a question online from Warren. Uh, his question for Minister Jones is, the cost of gas, electricity, and energy are reasonable. What are you doing to reduce distribution fees? Thank you, Warren. Um, yeah, certainly heard a lot about distribution and transmission. And, and just uh, to explain, the, the majority of Alberta customers are served by four major distribution companies, uh, and each has its own defined service area. The rates the distribution company charges depend on how big that area is, how new it is, and how many customers share it. Uh, electricity delivery rates are also regulated by the Alberta Utilities Commission, which holds rate hearings to ensure that customers receive safe and reliable services at a reasonable cost. Um, electricity delivery rates 
cover the cost of building and maintaining the infrastructure uh, so that electricity is ready, ready, readily available when you need it. Uh, these charges pay for the cost of installing, operating, and maintaining the infrastructure that is used to transmit electricity. So all that said, um, we, are, we are reviewing the electricity system again from generation, transmission, distribution. First, to make sure that we are being efficient in what we build and only building as required. Uh, so we, we certainly want to leverage what's already there. We don't want to overbuild. And we want to keep uh, transmission and, dis and distribution costs reasonable uh, for Albertans moving forward. It's a priority of our Premier, and it was part of my mandate letter. So we are doing a review of the system in hopes of, uh, uh, in, in hopes of uh, finding and ensuring in affordability, including on distribution, on a go-forward basis. Thanks, Minister. Um, next, we've got a live caller, uh, Doug from Edmonton, with a question for Minister Jones. Hi, Doug. Hello. Hi, Doug. You're live. Go ahead with your question. I would like to know why this government is using payouts to the public rather than regulate our energy sector. We are seeing record profits in this and other sectors. These payouts to the public are short-term solutions and only pad the products, the pockets of the industries that I feel are gouging us in every opportunity. Prices at the pumps are fluctuating ridiculously from one station to the next, and diesel prices are out of this world. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the question. So, um, as Minister of, of Utilities, I would, I would say that uh, we do have regulation in place um, to ensure that Albertans are receiving uh, reasonable value. Um, one of the challenges is um, that heavily, heavily regulated industries do not necessarily result in, in affordable uh, products and services. In fact, it, we, it's competition uh, that, that would usually result in the lowest price and the best service for the consumer. And I think we see that across the board in many industries. So as an example, if, 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 if I as the Minister of Utilities was, was to uh, uh, heavily regulate what uh, generators could charge for electricity, uh, well, they may not uh, create the additional generation that we need, which is going to uh, uh, drive down electricity prices in, in the next few years. We have significant generation coming online in this province uh, over the next few years, which will put downward pressure on electricity prices, which, which all consumers and Albertans will benefit from. So um, broadly, uh, I just want to recognize that, uh, that Albertans are facing cost of living, living pressures, and we are evaluating uh, how we as a government, including through regulation, can support affordability. But we also have to be careful because it is competition that has resulted, as, and we can speak from experience in Alberta here, we had extremely low natural gas prices, extremely low electricity prices, and extremely low uh, fuel prices for years. And uh, through, some, uh, through a post-pandemic uh, supply and demand imbalances, geopolitical events, and high commodity prices, that has changed, and that's why we are coming forward with affordability supports. But uh, we have to be careful not to, not to govern on the exception, because um, competitive markets have and do work and will work for Albertans. Thank you. Thank you, Minister. Uh, so we've got another live caller here, uh, Marilee from Edmonton. Hi, Marilee, go ahead with your question. 
Hi. Um, part of my question had already been um, addressed with the utility surcharges and administration fees for to Mr. Jones. Um, one thing I would like uh, to bring up was the rebates were applied directly to the surcharges and not to the cost of fuel, if you had noticed on the um, bills, and I'm wondering why that was. Uh, the electricity rebates were, were applied to your electricity bill, um, so not to, a, not to a surcharge. They were applied to the uh, electricity. Did you have a, a clarification, or, or do you want to explain? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at my utility bill right now, and subtotal utility bills uh, was $100.40, and utility commodity rebate came off that, the delivery charges. Oh. Okay, if you um, uh, send that uh, to my office, and we can look that uh, look into that for you. Um, so that uh, email address is au.minister at gov.ab.ca. au.ministry at gov.ab.ca. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Uh, okay, we've got a question from Cole in Edmonton. He's asked us to read his question. Uh, the government was going to do some investigation on price gouging in stores. Was anything ever resolved? Uh, thank you for the question, Cole. And, again, and this goes back to uh, a comment I made earlier where, where the government of Alberta, through our service Alberta uh, ministry and Treasury Board and Finance, has been monitoring uh, fuel prices in, uh, in Alberta since we, we suspended the fuel tax uh, to ensure that, that uh, those cost savings are um, being passed on to Albertans. And, and I, I pointed out that we have by far the lowest fuel prices in the country, uh, 20, 30, 40 cents cheaper than uh, other provinces uh, per litre. So we, we have reviewed um, concerns over price gouging. We've not found that in, in fuel, uh, and, but the, the Minister of Service Alberta is not here, and, and he would be the one, uh, his name is Minister Dale Nally, he would be the one to answer this question in more detail. So uh, I would encourage you to, um, to reach out to his office. So if you, uh, if you uh, search um, uh, Ministry of Service Alberta, uh, you can send an email to their office and they'll get you an answer. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Um, okay, next we've got a live caller with a question for Minister Nixon. Uh, we've got Gil from Edmonton. Hi, Gil. Go ahead. Hello. Uh, I was wondering if uh, the uh, age will increase in the next uh, in, a, in the future. I received the age increase in December. I was wondering if it will increase after that. So, Gil, th thank you for that question. Uh, you know, I used to work uh, in the sector and alongside people with disabilities, and one of the things that was so frustrating for me uh, was seeing people who relied on age payments uh, watch as life slowly became unaffordable uh, as payments didn't increase with the cost of living. So uh, age is indexed. We just indexed it, and it will now increase year over year alongside the consumer price index. So. Uh, next year it'll increase and the year after it'll increase and so on and so forth. So good news uh, and uh, so the answer to your question is yes. Thanks Minister Nixon. Uh, all right, next we've got a question for Minister Amory. Uh, Dave has asked us to read his question. How are you making childcare more accessible to Albertan families? 
Well, thank you uh, very much for that very important question. And we certainly recognize the need and the demand for making uh, daycare accessible to families all across the province. And so we've done a number of different things, and I think it's important to highlight all of those things uh, here on this call. We recently announced the agreement with uh, Canada on a bilateral uh, framework that would allow for an additional 22,500 new private spaces to be created in this province, and we were able to approve 1,600 new spaces almost immediately after that announcement was made. We've also expanded the space creation grant. Uh, it's a $50 million grant that we've been providing to not-for-profits and licensed family day home operators to begin uh, setting up their, uh, their shops uh, all across the province. And one of the most important things that I've been emphasizing with respect to uh, the licensing uh, the criteria is that we are prioritizing applicants who are demonstrating their desire to open up in high need spaces in this province, high need areas in this province. And that means that we're looking at operators who are targeting their their um, their businesses in areas that we've identified as being high need. The second is high demand spaces. And the third is the uh, components of unique or culturally uh, cultural programs that might uh, address a, certain markets that need additional um, daycare spaces with those types of uh, themes. And so with that, with all of those programs in place, we've really emphasized the need to address some of the uh, areas in our province that don't necessarily have enough daycare operators or spaces operating in those regions. And we will be uh, prioritizing our licensing uh, criteria and, and providing those licenses to operators who can demonstrate that they are addressing some of the, uh, the more remote or desert areas of our province. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Um, so next we've got a, a live caller with a question. Uh, Harjeet. Hi, it's uh, uh, Tanya here, ready to take your live question. Harjeet from Edmonton, go right ahead. Uh, hi, I actually I have three questions and I'm going to ask uh, right at once and then it can be just answered uh, one by one. So my first question is for uh, affordability plan, are we working on something or like do we like, think like it's just going to be get better uh, by June because the affordability plan is till June. My next question is instead of paying 50 or 75 on electricity bill, so why would you not pay those to the electricity provider? to just get the bills lower. And my third question is for like, when students just uh, apply for the student loan, they just get approved very easily. And then my son just applied for the loan and he just get approved. And he just get approved the money he really even didn't know, didn't even want. So I think there should be more question to ask like how much they really need it. Cause like he stay with, in the family. And then he, the only thing he needs is just the fees, right? Not like for everything. And I think he just get paid like I think more than like six, seven thousand. I think more than he just needed. So those are all my questions. Thank you. Um, thank you for your questions. And when we were looking at providing utility relief, we did look at a number of options, including I think uh, what if I heard you correctly, uh, you suggested perhaps we could we could pay down uh, some of the the transmission or distribution or some other sources of the of, of the uh, the charges on the bill. Um, it, that would not have provided uh, immediate or material relief because th these are these are very large billion dollar assets that are financed 
at very low rates over very long periods of time. Uh, so, for example, if we took the, the, the billion dollars that we are spending in electricity rebates uh, and applied it to the, to the distribution or transmission bill, uh, you actually would see a very small uh, monthly reduction in your bill. Because, again, this is, this is financed over decades at very low interest rates. So I, I hope I heard you correctly on that. You also asked about what, you know, what happens when the an affordability plan uh, ends in June. And I'm happy to report that many components of the affordability action plan do not end in June. Uh, for example, uh, the fuel tax relief program has been made permanent. So after June, based on oil price triggers, you'll continue to save uh, on the fuel tax whenever oil prices are high in Alberta, because again, our government believes you should benefit from an owned resource. We've also made natural gas price protection permanent. And uh, as Jeremy Nixon has outlined, we've made, um, we, we've made changes to our core support, support programs so that they are inflation protected. So they will continue to rise year over year uh, as, as the cost of living rises. Uh, and that was a 6% increase uh, this year, and it will continue to increase. So, again, that's permanent relief. Um, uh, income tax uh, has retroactively been indexed uh, for last year. So that will also continue on. Uh, and we've made a number of other uh, uh, changes that will also persist, like the affordable child care. Uh, that's, that's another fixture of Alberta that will carry on past June. We, for the other measures that were a defined period of time, we, we wanted to evaluate uh, cost of living and inflation over this period of time so that we could respond appropriately uh, uh, at the end of June. Uh, in other words, uh, if, if inflation uh, was dramatically higher in June, uh, we'd, have, we'd probably need to come forward with, the, with even more supports. If uh, inflation and cost of living eases over this period, uh, then, then we can scale down these programs. So that was the intent. Um, and then your, your last que question, which I believe was uh, regarding student loans, uh, you, I think you suggested that um, the borrower should be asked what's needed and, and not a set amount provided. I'm going to turn that over to Minister, Minister Nicolaides. Yeah, hi, Harjeet. Uh, it's uh, Demetrius Nicolaides, Alberta's Minister of Ad uh, Advanced Education. Uh, thank you for your question. Uh, I did have a little trouble hearing the question, though, so if I get, um, if I get it wrong, just, uh, just shoot me an email and uh, we can follow up with you. The email is AE for advanced education, ae.minister at gov.ab.ca. But um, I think uh, part of your question was uh, regarding eligibility, and, uh, and I think uh, you had noted that maybe the eligibility criteria are, are quite relaxed and uh, that we may need to look at, at tighter tighter eligibility uh, requirements for student loans and look at how much a student receives. Um, part of, the, uh, part of the, uh, the rules around the eligibility do make it quite, uh, quite wide open to ensure that uh, if a student needs uh, financial assistance and support, it's, it's there for them. That's the key purpose of uh, all of the measures that we have in student aid whether that's student loans, bursaries, grants, scholarships, is so that they're there if, if a learner needs them and uh, needs to access them in order to pursue post-secondary education, that, that they're able to do that. We are always looking for ways to improve them and make them better. Uh, so uh, if you do want to shoot me an email with uh, some of those details, uh, I'd be happy to take a closer look for you. Thanks, Minister. 
so next we've got a live caller with a question from Minister Jones, uh, Carrie from Edmonton. Hi, Carrie, go ahead. Yes, I'm going back to the beginning when we applied for our uh, benefits. Uh, we had not been informed that if you had um, ID with Alberta ha uh, Medical, that that would be the same ID. So I reapplied, like I applied for an ID for my husband and put on all the information, and it said that that driver's license was already in use, which of course it was. It was on his Alberta Health. So they were going to send us something to confirm an update, but we have never received it, and this was done in the middle of uh, January. When I applied for mine, I used my Alberta Health number, but nowhere did it bring up any banking information to put in banking information, so neither one of us have received any of the benefits yet. Is there anyone that can help us and that we can directly phone to get instructions on how to have this fixed? Yeah, thank you for the the, the question, Karen. I'm sorry to hear that you're you're having challenges accessing the affordability payments. Um, the first thing, um, when you referenced uh, that you're seeing pending verified, I just want to be clear that uh, um, you only need a pending verified uh, Alberta account to apply for the affordability payments, so you do not need to wait uh, for a letter in the mail with, with the further verification step for the Alberta.ca account. But um, I'm going to give you two support numbers. Um, if you're having challenges at setting up either of your Alberta.ca accounts, the phone number to call is one eight four four. Six four three two seven eight nine. That again is one eight four four six four three two seven eight nine. And then, uh, um, if you have concerns over the the affordability portal, um, they can help you at one eight four four six four four nine nine five five. That number again is one eight four four six four four nine nine five five. Um, but again, you, you only need a pending verified Alberta.ca account. Then you should be able to apply uh, through the portal for your payment and. Uh, I'm confident that they'll be able to resolve your issue, and I just want to assure you that you will receive any payments that you were eligible for. Uh, so even if you applied in June and you were el eligible starting in January, you would receive all six payments in June. So we will get that support to you. We know you need it, and I apologize for the, uh, the issues that you're encountering. Thanks, Minister. Uh, we have another live caller, uh, Gordon from Lloydminster, with a question for Minister Jones. Hi, Gordon. Go ahead. Yes, my questions were similar to the last caller. Uh, we're having trouble um, doing application as well. My wife has got uh, got us done, and I, my, my, she's got mine done, saying my account has been verified. Only thing she had to do a digital ID to do it. She's not done hers yet, and she can't seem to get through and do it. We're trying to do them online. Anyway, the digital ID thing concerns me quite a bit because, I, for one, we don't really agree with it, and uh, we're really afraid that it's going to go federally and, even worse, uh, international. So we're really afraid with this uh, digital ID thing. Maybe you can explain that for us. Yeah, thank you for your question, uh, Gordon. And uh, Alberta's digital ID is not linked to any international program. We're not 
sharing any information. Uh, it, it's just a, a uh, it's a way of verifying that you are the person accessing your confidential uh, medical information and applying for supports uh, from the government of Alberta. And of course, uh, what you need to to um, to get an Alberta.ca account is 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 information we already have. Uh, your driver's license, for example, uh, and then your your name and uh, date of birth. Uh, so, but if you want to avoid the digital ID. Uh, step in applying for Alberta's affordability payments. You just have to visit uh, any registry in the province and they'll be able to onboard you uh, on the affordability payments without a digital ID. Uh, we take the privacy of Albertans very seriously. Again, your information is not shared, certainly not uh, your health information with the federal government, which I know has been a concern. And uh, I, should, I should reference uh, that uh, applying at a registry is free. Um, um, so again, that's a great resource. You can also apply at... Um, any Alberta supports office, uh, uh, Alberta supports office in the province. So, uh, lots of uh, different ways to apply. You do not need a di digital ID, but I can assure you that your your conf confidential information uh, is safe with the government of Alberta, and that we're not using it for anything other than verifying that you are you. Because we have an obligation to taxpayers to ensure that this money is going to the intended recipients, as defined by the uh, program criteria. So, thank you very much. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next, we have an online question from Deb. Her question is from Minister Nixon. What are you doing to assist seniors with the increase in cost of living? Thank you, Deb, for that question. Uh, in addition to many of the things that uh, Minister Jones has been talking about tonight, there are a few things that we're doing to focus on seniors, uh, starting with the uh, indexing of senior benefits. So uh, along with Asian income support, senior benefits uh, increased by 6%. And uh, we'll now increase year over year with the uh, consumer price index. Um, we also have the seniors accommodation benefits um, and the seniors needs financial assistance program in addition to a number of other programs. So uh, one of the other big things too, and this kind of brings us full circle to one of my first questions um, with regards to FCSS is uh, the support for FCSS is, continues to be $100 million um, annually. And I know that uh, there's a lot of uh, supports that are run through those programs as well to address um, supports for seniors in the communities. And then uh, we are also working on investing in a number of affordable housing programs uh, to expand out senior lodges across the province so that we can help uh, for seniors to be able to, to live in the communities that they built their lives in and raised their families in. So those are some of the things. Uh, also working very closely with Minister Copping to make sure that we're aligning our strategies um, uh, when he is working with home care and continuing care and other things to make sure that we can help provide supports for seniors uh, in their homes and in their communities. Uh, thank you, Minister Nixon. And, and just knowing that so many people have joined the call, uh, seniors were a... Uh, uh, are a core component of our affordability action plan. So um, they're, of course, eligible for the $600 over six months. Um, they're eligible for up to $500 in electricity rebates. Uh, they're saving every time they, f they fill up with gas or diesel at the pump. Um, uh, they're eligible for natural gas price protection. The core support programs, including the Alberta Seniors Benefit, has been indexed. It's increased 6% this year. We've also uh, frozen uh, or prevented further auto insurance rate increases until January 2024. Uh, so in addition to what Minister Nixon just uh, expanded on, uh, the majority of our affordability supports target seniors because we know uh, that uh, cost of living inflation is particularly hard on those with lower and often fixed incomes who, who may not have the ability uh, to scale up uh, their work. And I, just to add to, I know that with all these measures that may not be um, 
solving all the problems. I know that it's still challenging the community, and, and we're certainly open to continued feedback. So please work through your local MLA or reach out to us as well if you have other ideas on how we can help address affordability challenges and support our seniors. Thanks, Ministers. Uh, another question here that they've asked me to read from uh, Usha from Edmonton. Um, it's from Minister Jones about how to calculate the household, uh, does, which doesn't agree with the formula. The calculation is gross amount, but has to allow for expenses. Yeah, yeah, thank you for the question. And uh, I want to emphasize that you do not need to calculate your household income. Uh, you certainly can, and, and there is at alberta.ca slash affordable. You can look at how it's calculated and do your own calculation. But you can also just apply for the benefit, and the uh, the portal is um, will automatically determine your household income based on your 2021 CRA tax filings. And if you are eligible, uh, you will receive the affordability payments. And if you are exceed the 180,000 threshold, you will not receive uh, uh, the payments. So I would just encourage you to to apply. And if you are eligible, you'll receive those those benefits. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Um, next, we have uh, another question, Minister Jones, for you, and an online question submitted from Carlos. Will the affordability and energy payments be extended until 2024? Uh, thank you for the question, Carlos. And um, I touched on earlier that, that many of the affordability programs will persist past June, um, So, and some of these relate to energy. So uh, we've made uh, the fuel tax relief program, which saves you 13.6 cents per liter uh, uh, permanent, uh, because we believe Albertans should benefit from that owned resource. Um, so after June, uh, you'll continue to have fuel tax relief based on oil prices. So whenever oil prices are high, the fuel tax will be reduced or fully suspended. Um, as to the other programs, um, like the electricity rebates, um, we're going to evaluate uh, the, the cost of living and inflation situation in Alberta at that time, and then we'll make decisions as to how to move forward, what the best program or most appropriate level of support is at that time. But uh, certainly recognize that affordability is going to be top of mind for Albertans uh, going forward, and uh, we will certainly do what we can to keep Alberta affordable. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next question we have uh, has come in from Sam with a question for Minister Nicolaides. What is the repayment assistance plan, and how do I know if I qualify? Sure. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the question, uh, Sam. The, um, the repayment, uh, repayment assistance plan is uh, uh, designed and oriented to help Alberta student loan borrowers who are experiencing uh, repayment um, difficulties. So anybody who's, who's struggling to repay their student loans can, uh, can apply. Of course, there are eligibility criteria, as, as you noted in, in your question. There are uh, financial eligibility criteria. It's, it's intended um, primarily for, for lower-income individuals. Uh, currently, to be eligible, you have to have uh, an income of $25,000 or less. But as I um, announced last week, we're going to be extending that up to $40,000. So effective July 1st uh, of this year, any, uh, any individual who needs some help in repaying their student loans and has an income of $40,000 or less would be eligible. Uh, again, there's, there's other eligibility criteria. You, you must be in good standing on the loan um, and, um, and uh, must, uh, there, there are other uh, criteria there. For, for the detailed breakdown, if you go to um, 
the Alberta Government Student Aid website. You can find all of the information there. Uh, the the program, uh, if if you if you apply and are approved, you're able to benefit from the program for a period of of six months uh, to help uh, smooth out some of your payments and lower some of your payments uh, to help you um, make those um, those payments to your Alberta student loan. So uh, go online and have a visit at uh, Alberta Student Aid. And if you look there, you'll be able to find more detailed information for the repayment assistance plan. But of course, if you have any questions at any time, you can always just email my office directly. And uh, the great folks at Student Aid can give you a hand. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next, we, got a we have a question from Roxanne. Uh, her question is, won't all the money you're spending just make inflation worse? Uh, Roxanne, thank you for the question. Um, the, the, the short answer is that it, it, economists would say that uh, Alberta's affordability plan is unlikely to contribute to inflation. It just, in the, in, in the grand scheme of things, it is not uh, that much money in the global scale, which is where inflation is really coming from. Uh, we've seen uh, global commodity prices, geopolitical events, uh, supply and demand imbalances post-pandemic, which have contributed to inflation. Um, in fact, uh, some of our affordability measures have had a measurable uh, reduction in inflation uh, because we've made uh, fuel, uh, gasoline and diesel, less expensive. We have reduced electricity bills. Uh, economist Tre Trevor Toomey actually noted today that over the past six months, uh, inflation has eased more in Alberta than any other province. And that is, in a big far part, is uh, our policy changes related to the fuel tax relief and electricity bill rebates. So short answer is no, but it is something that we did discuss when we were designing the program that we certainly did not want to contribute uh, to inflation. And that's why we, we love the fuel tax relief, because it's, a, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a handout. It's actually a tax reduction. Uh, so we wanted Albertans to benefit from their own resource, keep more money in their pockets, and we also wanted to reduce inflation as opposed to contribute to the problem. So thank you very much for the concern and question. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next, we've got a question from Jim. He says, my utility bills are really high. What are you doing to help? Yeah, Jim, thank you for the question. Again, this is something we hear on a day-to-day -day basis. And we've done three things in the Affordability Action Plan related to utilities. The first uh, and is the electricity rebate program, which we started in July of 2022. And, and it, 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 we started applying $50 rebates to, to most Albertans, about 2 million households, farms, and small businesses, $50 rebates per month to their electricity bills. And that program runs from July 2022 until April 2023 and provides up to a total of $500 in direct electricity rebates. What we also did is, is we implemented a natural gas uh, rebate program, which is now a permanent price protection program. So if natural gas prices in Alberta exceed 650 a gigajoule, as they have in many other jurisdictions around the world, you will receive a dollar-for-dollar dollar rebate on your natural gas costs above 650 a gigajoule. And again, that is permanent, an ongoing benefit uh, for Albertans to, uh, to be protected from spikes in their natural gas. Uh, we also put in a RRO price uh, stability affordability measure. So essentially the RO price, the regulated rate option of electricity uh, for about 40% of Albertans was going to be and is extremely high uh, in these winter months of January, February, and March. So what we did is we provided no interest loans to the RO providers so that they could 
take uh, the electricity charges above 13.5 cents a kilowatt hour and, and take those amounts and spread them out over the lower months uh, uh, going forward. Very much the same protection that fixed rate electricity contracts provide uh, m most consumers in urban centers. Essentially, you, you pay, a you pay uh, less during the high months and you pay a little bit more in the low months, but you have bill stability, which helps with, uh, with budgeting and general affordability. So those are the three things that we've done um, uh, to immediately provide utility relief. We're also reviewing the whole system from generation, transmission, distribution, right down to the retailer that you uh, get your services from. And we're looking at ways at making the system more affordable. Uh, some examples of that would be, we're trying not to build transmission uh, assets unless we need to. And we're trying to better utilize and be more efficient with the uh, transmission and distri distribution infrastructure that's already in place. And we're also, um, uh, we're also pleased to see a lot more generation uh, electricity generation coming online in the, in the coming months and years, and that will, once operational, put downward price, uh, downward price pressure on electricity prices and provide uh, you, the ratepayer, with lower electricity costs. So we're doing a lot. Uh, I regret that it takes time for you to see some of these things, but that's why you put these immediate uh, utility relief programs in place. Hope they help. Thank you. Thanks, Minister. Uh, next, we've got a question from Jermaine in Edmonton. Uh, his question is, how long will it take for the electricity rebate to be deposited into our account? We're a family of four with uh, bills that have skyrocketed. Yeah, Jermaine, thanks for the question. So the, the electricity rebate will co comes directly off most electricity bills. So I'd encourage you to, to review your um, electricity bill, and you should see a Government of Alberta rebate on there. If you're looking at January's bill, uh, that'll be a $75 uh, rebate. If it's December's bill, it'll be a $50 rebate. So uh, just, just check your uh, electricity or utility bill. And um, if you're one of the vast majority of Albertans that, is, that does receive a bill, um, you should see that rebate. Um, thank you very much for the question. Okay, uh, next we've got a question that's come in for Minister Nixon from Jason, who lives in uh, Edmonton West. The Edmonton mayor keeps saying that you don't care about the unhoused. Why don't you support the mayor's ask for more support to our houseless neighbours? Thank you, Jason, uh, for that question. And uh, I, I would, I guess, first I'll start off by saying, um, you know, before politics, I worked with the homeless. So this is certainly something that's uh, very much a concern for me and a big reason why I ran for office in the first place was to make sure that we were connecting policy and funding with the, the work that we were doing on the front line. And so I am uh, proud to be able to say that uh, we are investing in helping people and their experience of homelessness and, and get supports into the communities where uh, they need it. And uh, was thankful to see with the most recent uh, homeless count um, that the numbers are starting to come down. So. Uh, you know, it's a very complex, very challenging issue, uh, homelessness, um, and obviously housing is a big part of that, but also addressing some of the challenges that we see with addiction and, and mental health concerns that we're also experiencing on the streets. So um, recently we uh, announced $187 million, a historic investment in mental health and addictions. Uh, through, um, uh, we also announced $55 million before Christmas in additional funding uh, towards partnering and working with our not-for-profit uh, partners to be able to expand affordable housing across the province. And that's part of our overall commitment of expanding out 25,000 additional units of housing across the province over the next 10 years uh, to make sure that there are places for people to be able to go and call home. Uh, and we're also continuing to invest in our community-based organizations, uh, $90 million annually, 
to get supports for, for people that, that need it. Uh, so this is very much a concern of mine, and, and I look forward to continuing to work with uh, the mayor in Edmonton and, and uh, municipal leaders across the province in partnering towards addressing the challenges of homelessness that we're experiencing in our communities. Thanks, Minister Nixon. We've got time for just a couple more questions. Uh, we've got one from Grace, from Minister Nicolaides. If I graduated two years ago, will my interest on student loans be reduced to the prime rate? Thanks, Grace, for your question. Uh, hi, Grace. It's uh, Dimitri Nicolaides here. Um, yeah, the, the short answer is yes. So the, the change in the Alberta student interest rate uh, will be effective July 1st, 2023, and that is to all uh, uh, current and uh, future student loan uh, borrowers. That's approximately about 164,000 um, individuals. So thank you. All right. Um, we've got a live caller, um, Charles, from uh, I think it's uh, Rich, Rich Valley, with a question for Minister Amory. Hi, Charles. Go ahead with your question. Okay. This is in regards to uh, kinship foster parent rates, uh, caregiver rates. I'm a foster parent. Uh, for close to a decade here. Some of the rates haven't changed from, I think the most recent changes was five years ago. Some of them date back to 17 years ago. Uh, one being mileage. Uh, I'm out in Rich Valley, 100 kilometers from Edmonton. I do an awful lot of travel for my three foster girls here. And <laughs> how do you justify <laughs> mileage, for instance, not changing in 15 years? And like none of the rates, uh, they vary from uh, most recent five years ago to 17 years ago. Is there any help on the way for foster parents? We're taking the brunt of this uh, inflationary cost. Thank you uh, very much, uh, Charles, for that very important question. And, and let me commend you for, for the work that you do. I know that foster parents have an incredibly difficult job, and I uh, have all the world of respect for, for some of the, many of the things that our foster parents are, are doing. I just met with uh, a number of foster parent associations across the province uh, representing all of the regions in Alberta, and I heard from them uh, many of the issues that you're, you're raising here today. I do want to point out that uh, during the uh, discussion and creation of the Affordability Action Plan, we expanded the, um, the $100 per month per child for a total of $600 to include kinship and foster caregivers because it was an opportunity for me to deliver some much-needed and well-deserved relief to foster parents across this province very quickly. I can also say that following the meeting with the various uh, organizations and associations in this province that I had just this week, including one with uh, AFCA and uh, the various regional representatives, I am looking at all areas uh, very carefully, including payments for expenses and reimbursements, and we're evaluating the overall foster parent a system and seeing where we can deliver uh, more support so that we can see foster parents in this province thrive. So more to come hopefully very soon. I'm working very, very hard with our associations and foster parents throughout this province to address some of the concerns that you've raised and, and see what we can come up with. So stay tuned. Thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to add that, of course, uh, we also uh, are providing um, electricity rebates, fuel tax relief, and natural gas price protection. So hopefully you'll benefit from that. And I also wanted to say uh, thank you for, for what you do. Uh, MLA Fur. 
Thank you so much. Wow, so many great uh, questions and, and conversations tonight. The time certainly went fast. Uh, I'd like to pass it over to, to Minister Jones. Uh, curious, based on, on what uh, we've heard so far, what your impressions are, Minister Jones, from uh, tonight's participants on, on this virtual town hall, and maybe just ask you to share some closing comments with us. Yeah, and thank you for, for moderating this discussion, MLA Fur. Always appreciate it. Um, what we've heard tonight is what, is what we hear every day. So Albertans have concerns over cost of living and inflation, uh, particularly as it relates to uh, utilities, uh, gas, um, childcare, post-secondary, and, and that's why we've come forward with um, um, around 12 different initiatives. I'd invite you to go to alberta.ca slash affordable to learn about the ways that we are trying to keep Alberta affordable, and our work isn't done. We know that there's more to do, uh, so we're going to do everything we can uh, to, to help you out uh, during this inflationary and cost of living crisis. So thank you all for your questions. Thank you for taking the time out of your, of your, out of your evening to, uh, to listen with us and ask your questions. And if you have any feedback, uh, you can search up our ministries. So that's the Ministry of Affordability and Utilities, the Ministry of Advanced Education, the Ministry of Seniors, Community and Social Services, or the Ministry of Children's Services. And you can, you can ask any of us questions related to uh, our, our affordability measures that fall under our ministries or, or any questions related to our work uh, in the Government of Alberta. So thank you again and uh, have a great evening. Thanks so much everyone for joining us tonight and for our ministers and most importantly to all the, the hardworking Albertans um, for all you do and for calling in tonight and for your great questions. It's, uh, it's been a great hour and a half. Have a good night and stay well. Good night.